episode. Here we go. Is it okay if we record this? <laughs> it does ask me every time I have to like consent. Excellent. And I'm glad you do. Thank you um. so much. Hi, I'm a girl. And I'm her dad. Welcome to Girl Dad. We wanted to document the thoughts of two people from different generations of the wide, wild world we live in. Every week we tackle a new topic through our unique lenses. Come along for the ride. Hi everyone, I'm Abigail Frechette. And I'm Peter Frechette. And welcome back to Girl Dad, fourth episode. Woohoo! Very exciting. Uh, yeah. All right. Today we're doing a little something different. We're doing more of a, a get to know us episode. Well, uh, that's exciting because uh, I need to get to know you because yeah. I haven't known you for very long. It, it's less us getting to know you have known me my whole life. It's less us getting to know each other more the the audience the audience yes yes, yes. and i'm yeah. sure it's a huge audience it's very exciting yeah. um how's your week been though dad how's it going not too bad i've got a little pain in my foot so i had to go to the doctor for uh get that checked out but uh may have a little tendonitis limiting and... my uh activity with the the jv basketball team but uh, yeah. uh, hopefully it will be taken care of yeah because and how know. about you abby how's your week <laughs> My week's been good. I had a very eventful weekend. I uh, I walked the High Line, which was very fun. Uh, saw the sunset up there, which was really pretty. I went on a crafting date with one of my girlfriends, which was very cute and fun. Excellent. Um, yeah. But you wanted to uh, <laughs> do a new little segment at the beginning here. Would you like to share what that is? Um, I, I just thought it would be fun for us to, um, as a way of getting to know each other, uh, or for people to get to know us is to talk about maybe some of our favorite, uh, music, movies, books, what have you, you know, I'm not sure where to start with it. I would say one of my favorite books growing up, um, which, uh, would probably show a difference between the way the world is today and the where what the way it was back in the 60s um was uh, Jim Bouton's Ball 4 which was a uh, baseball diary um and basically he kept a diary for an entire season and uh it's just a fascinating look at the lives of baseball players before multi-million dollar contracts and uh when they were still relatively part of society and everyday society and um it was really cool so i really liked it yeah that's interesting um any favorites for you well i actually i'm late to this current podcast recording because i'm currently enthralled in the third book of the thursday murder club which uh i'm quite enjoying and i needed to finish the chapter i was on but yeah i I like it a lot. I like cozy murder, which I don't know that that's a good thing, but it's what I like. It's like well, only it's right murders in with, the building. Yeah, only murders in the building. Yeah. It's very similar to that. Yes, yeah. I've I'm uh, I believe the fourth one of those maybe just came out, so I uh, yes. I'll be putting that on my list of um, the Thursday Murder Club. I love those books. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's let's start with you getting to know you, because I think we can get to know me maybe through your life a little bit, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Um, So I obviously know you grew up in Keene, New Hampshire. We won't hold that against you too much, but um, go Blackbirds. <laughs> do you have anything kind of you want to talk about, like your childhood? What were you into? What was your family like well i mean anything like that so youngest of six um and my older oldest brother is 14 years older than me um his oldest son is 12 years younger than me so i'm closer in age to uh 
his to my nephew than I am to my brother. Um, and uh, so I had one brother who's a year and a half older than me, and then before him is another six and a half years or something like that. So clearly, as I've stated many times, uh, my brother was brought along was a uh, mistake, and I was brought along to keep him company. <laughs> and that's been the party line for uh, for 60 some odd years. So uh, um, had a lovely nickname as a child. I was known as Fathead, which uh, really, really resonated with me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I certainly remember it. I don't know what it was about it, but uh, stuck with you that one. Um, but yeah, no, I had a, I had a lovely childhood in Keene. Uh, we, you know, I, I'm sure that there are many people who don't know Keene, New Hampshire, southwest corner of the state, um, about two hours from Boston. Population now, I think, is probably about 30,000. I think when I was growing up, it was a little over 20,000 people. Um, the seat of Cheshire County. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yep, Simon School, Keene Junior High, one year at Keene High, and then uh, went to prep school for uh three years that's basically yeah, my so uh, what were you like into as a kid like what music did you listen to obviously you mentioned the the baseball book you were talking about so like what were your hobbies your interests anything I was like very that? much into sports um and this I mean again this is the a difference of the time period I mean we would uh you know on the weekends we just get on our bikes and we would ride to the park and we would play some random baseball game with our friends and um you know if there were three of us we would play roly at the bat or something like that and uh just find ways to stay busy without really being that organized um try i, I think i played I think we had some sort of a peewee baseball and then little league and, and moved on to Babe Ruth, but um, baseball was the most organized basketball. Uh, I played, but it was relatively new to um, for youth sports. I don't even think they had youth soccer at the time. Maybe they did. Um, I played fly football, which was football league for youth. That was that was fun, but that was basically it. I would entertain myself by going out and throwing a tennis ball against the garage and announcing it as a, uh, you know, announcing how I was doing as a radio announcer. So I was able to uh, entertain myself quite, quite well. Um, Sounds but, like it. Yeah. And it was in, and hockey was, hockey was amazing at that time because it didn't exist. And but Bobby Orr was playing for the Bruins and all of a sudden every town built a rink and hockey just exploded. Um, it was not something that I did. Uh, I played basketball. I had yeah. some height and uh, people liked that. Coaches liked that I was tall. So and coming you're, into you're downplaying your height a little bit. I feel like we do need to address that you are a very tall man. Well, not, I mean, relatively speaking, I'm 6'5", um, which was tall, and I was tall when I was younger. Um, so I was in sixth grade, I was taller than a lot of the guys that were in eighth grade. Um, so yeah, I played junior high basketball, played freshman basketball at Keene High, um, and went, continued to play basketball through high school. Um, yeah, so... Now, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, I guess let's transition a little more to like high school. That's when you tend to start to develop like independent opinions, likes, all stuff like that. You went to Milton and Milton you were Academy in... and Milton Mass. I was a boarder. Right. Um, so uh, was there um, for about three months when my father died, um, which was. Uh, a memorable experience, not particularly fun, but uh, it was interesting. Um, I remember there was 
there were some, I, you know, I was, I was new. I was shy. I had come as a sophomore. Um, not a lot of guys came as sophomores and I really hadn't gotten to know people. And the way I perceived people changed dramatically with how they treated me during that, the passing of my father. Mm. Um, it, uh, there were people who, who showed a lot of compassion to me, who grew in stature, uh, in my mind, just because of the way they responded to that. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily that it had gone the other way at all, but definitely there were, there were people that I remember who said the right things to me. And, um, you know, and I remember going, uh, you know, obviously I immediately went back to Keene to, um, be with my family mm. and the funeral was, you know, three or four days later and, um, a van of guys came up from Milton to go to the funeral and which I was, I was blown away because I really didn't know people that well. Um, I had not, I had played intramural tennis as a sophomore in the fall and it mm. just started playing basketball and JV basketball and um, to have guys from the dorm and guys from the basketball team come up there was, was really special to me and meant a lot to me. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of my introduction to Milton, but I was not, um, I would not say I had a great experience for the first four or five months and told my mother um, spring break that I wanted to come home and mm. I, I, I wanted to come back to Keene High. You know, the basketball coach was disappointed that I had left because I'm tall. <laughs> and uh, and I was, um, and my mother said, well, you can't come back now. You got to finish out the year. And mm. I went back and was playing baseball and I got called up to varsity baseball. And all of a sudden, all was right with the world. And I'll <laughs> stay here because they think I'm good at baseball. So sports oh. have definitely had a major impact on my life. Yeah. Um, and the decision-making there, that's that's very interesting. That's kind of what kept you going. But it also I, seems like that was a place for you to make friends, to like form bonds with other guys. And that's great. Um, besides sports, did you find yourself getting into anything else? Or was it really just the sports was like how you made friends all that kind of stuff i mean but it was the dorm and the sports i think were um how i made friends uh i know that i've gone to reunions and people have talked about um chorus and i know that i knew the choral director and but people say <laughs> that i was in chorus and i don't remember that at all, which is which i hope nobody's hurt by that if they hear this but uh but i i I do remember uh, the people that um, were involved with that. Uh, it was, I mean, once I stayed, um, I really, I would say junior and senior year were, were very good. I enjoyed it very much. Academically, I, um, I did fine. Uh, I wouldn't say I shocked the world with how well I did academically, but I did well enough. All right. Well, so let's move on to to college. And we we talked a little bit about this, obviously, in our first episode, but that was less our personal experiences. What did you major in college? Uh, in college, I was an American studies major. Um, that was a uh, decision that I came to. Um, basically, when it was time to declare a major, I looked at what courses I had taken and decided that the that was where I should go because I had the fewest classes that I needed left to complete the major. Um, basically, what I looked at America um, was being an English major without having to take like Chaucer and Milton and all that old English stuff, which I just yeah. did not like. Um, I, I think that uh, one of my big regrets, not a big regret, but one of the things is that I regret is that I never, both in high school and in college, never got involved with theater. 
Um, I wish I, I had to take a uh, drama class for my major and I did and I really liked it and mm. the teacher really liked me and said oh you should try out for a play and I never did and um, so I, I kind of wish I had but I'm not unhappy with the way my life turned out so I don't know how different that would have made it so um, not a major regret yeah just it's always interesting to look back on those things and think huh well, yeah. what has that been like? Um, so you kind of seem to be in the humanities realm of studying. But I recall a story. I don't know if it's a story exactly. Did you start college thinking you were going to be a, a math major by any chance? Oh, absolutely. I was, I had, math is what I had done it well in at Milton. And so I just you know, I'm going to be a math major. This is, I'm really good at this. <laughs> and then I showed up and got into Professor Slesnick's class in <laughs> the freshman fall. And uh, yep, that was the end of that. It didn't take very long to uh, realize that that was not an area that I was going to be successful in, shall we say. Yes. Which is fine. That's actually, um, that's actually one area that we have a very similar story in. I too started college thinking well the easiest subject for me in high school was math so I might as well study that took a college math course that's not happening <laughs> uh so yes and I too switched into more of the humanities after that so um well you were an American studies guess, major too for a little while weren't you for a little while yes Be especially I mean I was when I was at St. Mike's they didn't have quite as flourishing a gender studies program um and I after math I switched to history and similar to you I was getting really bored with European history particularly the the early studies of it so I was like well maybe I'll do American studies because I love American history and then took some cool English classes and then I transferred and switched to a even more specified course so I did I ended up with a, a gender studies degree but yeah kind of similarities there I'd say um but yeah so moving past the academics of college <laughs> you were in a fraternity oh yes I was that is, <laughs> you that any... is so true <laughs> Any and, fun stories uh, that you feel comfortable sharing with? And that would that involve me remembering a lot of them, which uh, <laughs> there's a number that I don't, I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, the fraternity was um, a very central part of my college experience. Uh, ended up um, amazingly uh, in the same fraternity with my brother, who was a year and a half older than me, in the same class. And uh, appropriately, he ended up as the president of the fraternity, and I ended up as the social chair of the fraternity. <laughs> and uh, so party planning was a big part of my experience. Uh, and of course, taking advantage of those parties as well. Um, but it was a different, again, I think we may have talked about this in the first episode, but, um, you know, Drinking was certainly a part of the college experience, but we yeah. drank beer because that's what you did. And, yes. um, and I think it's challenging now for kids in college because it's hard for them to get that same access. So they're just drinking harder alcohol and mm. that that makes it difficult. But yeah, we had a we had well, a good time in the fraternity and uh you know, there were great traditions that they had in the entire fraternity council with, um, you know, Dartmouth Winter Carnival was always a big thing. And, um, but there were different fraternity competitions. Uh, we did it. We had our um, things that we did for the community as well. We were the uh, uh, Red Cross representative. We ran the blood drive every semester, which was great. Um, something you've continued to participate in yeah until and, recently and, until recently yes which i'm no longer allowed to do that but uh you know part of getting old yeah um 
just for like context, I guess, what year did the drinking age change from 18 to 21? Where were you like in life at that point? Well, my recollection is that um, the drinking age in Massachusetts changed when I was 18 and I was grandfathered in. So okay. if you were already 18, you could keep drinking in Massachusetts. Uh, and in New Hampshire, it was either at the same time or before that. So we weren't actually allowed to drink in New Hampshire, but the drinking age in Vermont was 18. So we could go to Vermont and get stuff if we needed it. But yeah, for the most part, it was um, the campus was on an island and yeah you could do whatever you wanted on the campus. Um, right. You know, in the fraternities, they just had kegs on tap. So they weren't, nobody checked IDs or anything in the frats mm. um, until sort of towards the end, I think, um, or maybe right after I left, they started, you had to register parties and they would have a campus police officer at the door. And at that point they started to, to crack down a little bit, but mm -hmm. uh, after my time. Just trying to place this for everybody. No, it's fine. I mean, it's part of the uh, the changes that have gone on. And absolutely, in absolutely. Um, I guess is there anything else you would like to touch on about childhood, school, college, anything like that before we move on to your adulthood? Well, I think that um, you know, in addition to what we talked about with the fraternities, I think my college experience definitely um, set me up for what I would end up doing um, mm. for a while anyway, um, because I worked at the student newspaper and became the sports editor of the student newspaper. I worked in the sports information office um, and did uh, broadcast games on the radio. So mm -hmm. uh, sports media was very much a part of um what I was doing and right. what I liked to do and what I wanted to do and somehow despite my academic failings and my uh chosen break from school for six months um I'm I managed to get into that and yeah um, it really set me up so let's talk about that because you I believe Correct me if I'm wrong, but during your break in college before your kind of last year, you interned. So, um, so no, I was uh, very generous before my last year. In the middle of my senior year, okay, well, <laughs> I I dropped out of college because I was going to flunk out. And um, I was having a really good time. And uh, so they, at Dartmouth at the time, and probably still true, if they ask you to leave, you have to leave for two years. Hmm. Um, but if you leave on your own, you can come back whenever you're ready. So that was the middle of the winter. Um, I took the spring off and looked for something to do. And found an internship with the Big East Conference, which was a college athletic conference in Providence. And they hired me as an intern for six months. I had two terms left at school. So I went back and did the summer. Then mm -hmm. I did the internship for six months and then went back and finished at Dartmouth in the spring. Um, and was... Uh, and then applying for jobs. And uh, I applied for a job at Boston College in the uh, athletic communications department and was a finalist for that job. Didn't get it. And was, I mean, I was still at school at the time. And then I got a call from the Big East and they offered me a job to come back. And um, I said, yeah, that would be great. And then the next day, Boston College called me and said, oh, the guy who took the job, uh, has taken something else so would you want to come work at boston college and i said i'm sorry i already have a job so and to be honest that was the best thing that could have happened to me was to go back and i worked at the big east doing um athletic communications for a while and then got into television and um 
did television there and then worked at uh, New England Sports Network. I actually worked at Boston College for a year in their um, athletic department uh, and as promotions director, but really didn't like that and had had a relationship with New England Sports Network. And I talked to the guy there and managed to talk myself into a job there and worked there for much of the 90s before going out on my own and starting to do our own video productions. So that's my history. Yeah, I mean, that's your that's your job history. But I guess, can we go a little bit in depth about the, like you, so you lived in Providence when you were at the Big East. Yeah. Correct? What North was Providence, that? yeah. What was that uh, time period like in your life? What What were you doing besides the Big East stuff? Who were your um, friends? I mean, the Big East was was a, a big part of my social life too. Um, mm. My, you know, I stayed very close with some guys from Dartmouth, and um, we would all go to the Big East tournament every year. I, I would work; they would drink, <laughs> <laughs> and we had a good time doing that for a while. Um, you know, socialized with the couple of people in the office made friends with some other people who I played softball with um that was a big part of what I did this mm-hmm. softball was great thing as when I was in Rhode Island um really enjoyed doing that um but winters because of basketball being such a big part of the Big East that was my main focus mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I enjoyed living in Providence and then uh you know, my boss introduced me to this young woman who would become my wife. So it was, it was really, it was a great job. Do you want to tell that story of meeting mom now, or do you want to save that for maybe when we have her as a guest or something? I think we should save that for when we have okay. her as a guest. That would be good. I, I will spoil that it's a very good story. Um, <laughs> Thanks. So, so <laughs> it is. Um, so you met mom and then you were, you were still in Providence and she was in Boston and then correct. Um, we got, I mean, we started dating in 86, got married in 89. Um, and we lived in Canton, Massachusetts, which was halfway between Providence and Boston. And, Mm -hmm. um, very soon after that, I started working at BC. So um, that became very easy too. And, you know, we were in Canton for um, probably 12 years, 11 or 12 years. And then, and you were born um, when we were in Canton. Yeah. And then when it was time for you to go to school, we moved to Newton and um, you went to school in Wellesley and, um, so we were in Newton for about nine or ten years, and then yeah. moved to Wellesley. Yeah. Um. So I guess now. Our what son- do you remember about your, your <laughs> That's youth? That's what I kind of. So I remember Canton. Um. And I remember it's weird because I feel like a lot of my memories from that house are very much like dream like like when you remember a dream kind of so they're like blurry edges and stuff but I remember I remember saying Nomar Garcia Para very early on in my life which I also remember my father flaunting to friends yes, that was a true <laughs> that joy was... I was very very happy about that <laughs> um and then yeah I feel like most of the Canton stuff I don't really have like huge memories of I remember kind of like walking around the area and we've gone back to that house and I remember like bits and pieces but um I do remember dancing around the uh the living room to uh Run Run Rudolph by the Jimmy Buffett version uh which was quite a fun time yes yes i remember that now that you remind me yes yeah um and then yeah i feel like 
I definitely was a much more like formed person by the time we were in Newton. Um, and that was like elementary school. I don't know. I was kind of like a, a sh I don't think I was shy, but I think I was very like reserved as a child with like other kids. Um, I remember always kind of like preferring to know what the adults were talking about than the other kids. Um, do you do have you any like perspective? Do you, oh. do you remember uh, what? Do you remember your tenth birthday? My tenth birthday. When you were turning ten. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I still do have slight issues with change I think I'm a lot better than I used to be but I remember that you would you came up after I didn't really have like birthday parties as a kid too because my birthday's in June so it was like none of my friends would have been around um but we had dinner or something and I remember you came to tuck me in and I was like really sad and I said I'm never gonna be single digits again like I want to still be nine and I remember crying and you said you you can still be nine to me I don't want to be double digits I don't want to be double digits <laughs> so I'm still nine everyone just so you all know are aware of that I'm still nine years old um but yeah I'm trying to before Phoebe was born I'm trying to think if there's anything like more specific that I remember but I think that that's mostly it. I remember we did because when we lived in Newton, we lived on um, the T and I remember going into Red Sox games with you um, and taking the T was always fun because we could walk and, you know, that was like a different experience, especially for like a little kid. You felt grown up kind of doing stuff like that. Um, And then I remember... Well, let's not let's talk about that. Uh, I yeah. believe it was you at the Red Sox game when it was raining. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> we have a lot about? of like bad Red Sox stories. <laughs> not bad in the sense that like they were really that bad for us. They're quite fun stories. But I remember also walking to get lemonade. Do you remember that? No. Okay, so apparently they don't sell. This is probably like an, an old rule or something, but apparently they don't sell lemonade behind home plate at Fenway Park. Why? I don't know. But me, being an annoying little girl, uh, had to have lemonade because I was promised lemonade with my Cracker Jack. So we, <laughs> we <laughs> during the game... Um, had to walk like all the way around like halfway around the stadium so that you could buy me a lemonade and then it was like shit lemonade it was basically just sugar water so it wasn't even worth it um but yes yeah, so go into the the rain story because that well, that's a good my one. recollection is that uh um you wanted ice cream it was raining mm -hmm. and you wanted ice cream and they in the little helmet that you yeah. could get the ice cream in. And so we got you the ice cream, but we didn't want to go back out because it was raining. And so you sat down on the floor next to the men's room, leaning against the sort of the outdoor, outer door of the men's room or the yeah. outer wall next to the men's room. And we told mom about that when we got home and she was not pleased. <laughs> oh, yes. Memories. Lovely. A different lovely. time. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so what do you remember about um, the Newton house? Uh, the Newton house, I, it's weird because I have like, like I remember it a lot better and I remember kind of just being like a normal kid there. I remember waking up before school, we would watch Jimmy Neutron together. That was a, that was a staple for us. Um... And then I guess this is not in the Newton house, but at the Cape, I do remember you guys throwing me a like big sister party to tell me that you that Phoebe was coming along. Um, and I remember 
so I was seven when Phoebe was born. Um, so I like have much clearer memories probably than most older siblings do of like that time in my life. Um, and I remember being like the only one who thought she was a girl and I was right. So, uh, props to me. I remember picking her name, uh, in the car with mom and many people may think that she's named after the friend's character, Phoebe, but actually she's named after Phoebe from the magic school bus. So get it right. Um, <laughs> yes. Get it right. Get it right. I remember, but I guess, so that's kind of, I feel like I don't have as many memories before she was born kind of of that house. And then I remember, I guess after she was born, um, I'm trying to think. I remember, well, we had that really great basement that was all like girl power themed, very 90s, 2000s. If anyone's seen the pictures of, you won't get this reference, but that's okay. But if anyone's seen the pictures of like what the idol was supposed to look like before Sam Levinson got involved, that was our basement. Like it was every tween girl's sleepover dream. And I remember putting on like performances with my friends in there for you guys. Um, I remember Legos were a big thing for us, still are big fan of Legos um yeah and then I remember like Phoebe being just a little person and being like wait she's alive but she doesn't understand anything I'm saying and like she doesn't get it um but like kind of being able to play with her and I remember her growing up that was fun but, yeah I feel like that's mostly like what I remember from Newton I guess I don't know if you have any other added memories the deli the deli was a big one yeah that the was... deli was the deli was good and the the ice cream place for a little while yeah but the deli had Italian ice which was like oh yeah insane. yeah it's still there um, I think I think it is which good for them I also did you get your nails done there too down. Mom did, and she yeah. would take us sometimes, which was always a very like special treat. Um, Newton was where. Oh, well, wait. Did we live in Wellesley when the milk story happened? The milk story when we were at uh, O'Hara's. Yeah, or were we in Newton? Oh no, we were in Newton. Okay, you tell. If we this. were. We might. I mean, we might have. We might even still been in Canton. Um. No, because I don't know I how old you were. Well, I just remember I took you out to lunch and um, it was kind of crowded and we had a very small table, as I recall. And we got you a glass of milk and I had myself a beer and a Guinness. Um, a Guinness, yes. And uh, I don't remember the order that it happened, but as I recall, we both spilled our drinks. Separate, right? separately yes separately yes absolutely <laughs> yeah so uh um, yeah i don't think i went back to o'hara's for about a decade after <laughs> good spot though you know if they want to sponsor that would be good <laughs> the fact though that you're just saying o'hara's there's probably like millions of pubs out there <laughs> not newton uh, not Newton. Anyways, so yeah, that's kind of most of my memories of Newton. And then we moved to Wellesley, which I remember not being like super thrilled about. I think this was because I was in what, like sixth grade. So I was yeah. like 12, 13. And I feel like I was starting to form my own opinions about the world and I was getting angsty and all of that I can't imagine that you had your own opinions that's never happened right shocking um but I I do remember like not being thrilled that we were moving out of the Newton house because it was I think I was like Wells I think at that point I also knew like Wellesley was this like 
fancy pants kind of reputation town and I was like that's not my family we're not like that so why are we moving here now I understand more that it was commute based and all of that I do get it but um yeah I started Dana Hall um I don't really have like any super fond memories <laughs> that's not a great thing um I did I was in a a school sp sponsored school sanctioned rock band um I started playing the drums which I think was really good for me it got me into different kinds of music that you were already kind of getting me into but I I even branched out further than that you know, I was always kind of one of those kids that was, like, friends with everybody, but didn't ever have, like, really close friends. Um, I went but don't to undersell, a lot of concerts. Don't undersell the the band. That was that was a big thing for oh, your yeah. identity for the for middle school and into yeah. high school. The band from, like, 7th to, like, 10th grade was mostly, yeah. like, people knew me as that person so if you ever I see a recording of, of i miss pluto that's oh, uh <laughs> jump on that i might we might have to put out a release of something oh, part no, of the podcast maybe a little uh, addendum that. to it but anyway you were saying about concerts yeah i went to a lot of concerts i had wonderful parents who really saw that this was something i enjoyed and cared about and brought me a lot of happiness and they not only would allow me to but would help fund and uh chauffeur to many concerts in boston um when you say many concerts how many concerts would you say you went to before you went to college i believe it's like including music festivals each day is like one I think it was about a hundred concerts before I went to college um so it's a lot yeah uh, I just didn't want people I to do... underestimate what many oh is. yeah yeah it was a lot um I do remember this was when I was still in elementary school but our first my first concert do you recall what it was I believe that was uh Allie and AJ yes and the and Jonas Brothers <laughs> opened for them. Yes. And my friend, it was dad, me, and one of my friends. And uh, my friend and I were not fans of the Jonas Brothers because they were too loud. <laughs> well, we, to be fair, we were at the Cape Cod Melody Tent and you had, we had gotten excellent seats. So you were like in the third or fourth row. Yeah. And uh, I missed much of the concert because I was in the merch line for a good 45 minutes i think with me most of the parents who were there but uh big ally and aj fan myself i i really like them yeah they're great and they were so cute and i remember them talking about like buying the dresses they wore like on main street in hyannis and all that fun stuff what would you say was like or a couple of the your favorite concerts that you saw back in the day oh gosh well, okay, this is hard. I think Foster the People was definitely up there. That was like one of the first, it was Foster the People and I think Group Love like opened for them. And that was, I went with mom and a friend. And that was one of the first ones that was like, this is real like concert environment all of that I think it was the house of blues and they were I think that was like pumped up kicks had come out but it wasn't huge huge yet and so that was really fun um I can't remember when this one was this might have been after while I was in college but I remember seeing the Foo Fighters with mom at um Fenway Park and that was uh that was cool not only because mom's a huge fan but just 
Dave Grohl was in a wheelchair. He had broken his leg and he had like, it was just, they're incredible to see live and the energy was just amazing. Um, Who else? I feel like I should have prepared more for this. One I was just thinking, there was one I was just thinking about that I went with you, I think, that was, I don't remember. Oh, uh, been... who is who is the one with the uh, where they passed him back to the bar? Oh, Andrew McMahon in the wilderness. That was so fun. Um, and he's one of my like all time favorite artist. I think he's a really cool guy, and he's been in like so many different bands. And his what he's in now is like great too. But that was a great concert with you. That was a really fun one, and you. Yeah, they passed. He was on like a pool float, right? And they passed him back towards the bar and we were right next to the bar and dad handed him a shot of something. <laughs> um, That was that was a good show. That was a good one. And then I we went maybe Phoenix. Did you go to see Phoenix? I was thinking Phoenix too. Yeah, that was a good one because I feel like that was another thing was I was very music was my thing kind of in in high school particularly and I was very uh reluctant to let anyone play anything on in the car if it wasn't if I was there and so we listened to my music reluctant I, that's the yes, word I was that, that's the word I was reluctant <laughs> to share the radio um and I do I remember going to a lot of shows with you and I can't remember if it was Phoenix or was it Cage the Elephant? One of those two, I remember you being like, you know, I know these songs and I've heard the, them before, but the I like them so much better live because I think I was into that kind of like alternative rock that had some techno in it and you liked the more raw performance style. So that was always fun to like go to those things with you and get your takes. Of course, we one are... of the best, what? Go ahead. I'm curious if you're going to say the same thing I'm going to say. My wanna... favorite memory at a concert with you was when we were in London and Churches was playing a show and mom and dad knew I was a big fan. So dad's going to take you to go see Churches while we're in London. And do you want to tell the story of what we did? Well, I mean, we got there well in advance of the show and um, spent a good hour or so just basically doing running commentary on other people who were at the show and making up stories about their lives and what their relationships were and what kind of person they were. And it was an extremely humorous uh, evening, yeah. as I recall. Yes. Um, a common so pastime good. for us to to dissect at restaurants who's with who what's the absolutely the family dynamics going on and it's good to have that imagination going yeah that was a very very fun night i think of often fondly yes very um, good i want to wrap this up soon so we're we're not taking up too much time but i guess I want to kind of delve into where you're at now because you're an empty nester officially. That is, that's true. Which I feel like has been maybe a longer time coming for you than you might have expected given I wonder, my I wonder why. Interesting paths through life. But what what's kind of life like for you now without having your girls around? Um, it's, it's fun. It's very different. Um, and I think we, we managed to keep ourselves occupied, um, you know, doing the, uh, doing the coaching of JV basketball at Dana Hall has, uh, kept me, oh, kept me young, shall we say. <laughs> um, it's really fun to spend time with those girls and, um, sort of, see where they're at uh but you know we 
you know, we're experimenting more in the kitchen with different meals, uh, which was something that we probably didn't do very much when you guys were home. Um, we go try restaurants. Uh, just, uh, done some it's a little classes. bit freeing. What's that? You've done some dumpling making classes. We did. We did a dumpling class. making class. Um, we've, you know, we just pick up and go to a museum and yeah. just looking around and finding things to do and not having to necessarily worry about when we have to pick somebody up or when we have to cook a meal or what have you. So it's yeah. been good. How about you? What do you mean? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm great. <laughs> I feel like I'm a I'm a pretty boring person to be honest with you. I spend most of my time reading. I'm trying to find some volunteer opportunities right now and this podcast is kind of the most exciting and regular part of my <laughs> my daily life. Aside from trivia night. I have trivia night which uh is wonderful. But yeah, I'm I'm very happy right now. Excellent. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. I Hopefully. hope that people have learned something. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully it's given you guys a little taste of who we are, our history. And uh, I'm sure we will kind of sprinkle some more of these more personal episodes in between the more topic-based ones. And, you know, if you guys would want to do a Q&A one time, we could do that. We could get you guys to send in some questions for us. Um but yeah, because I'm already thinking about things that we didn't even mention that we've got to talk about at some point. So All right, we'll have to do it again. Some of those uh, talking about when I started to let you sing the swear words out loud oh, in the car. Yes. We can start getting into that a little bit. Well, <laughs> I was a Green Day fan, so it, it had to happen <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, all right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, Dad. Bye, girl. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode, follow us on your favorite podcast platforms, rate us, and leave a review. For latest updates, follow us on Instagram at girldad.pod. Girl